Yay! Hooray! You're right. Yeah. <laughs> I've been rewatching Broadchurch, so I feel like I'm not. I'm not inclined to trust any men at the moment, so I'm worried. I haven't worried. seen it at all. You've never seen it? No. I've heard it's good, but now I'm a bit like, ooh, would it's it make incredible. me not trust men? Uh, More? Y- yes. Ooh. <laughs> I think so. Apart from David Tennant. He's the only good one left. <laughs> Could be. I reckon we should just start. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I never disagreed with that. I thought as soon as we hit record, we should have started. It was just an instinct. Well, you asked me how I was and that put me off. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to to all the rom-coms I've seen before. This is a romantic comedy podcast with... Francesca Giorgio. And me, Hannah Thomas. Uh, every week, we critically and comically look at one romantic comedy. It's just a movie. It's in their list. Life's not a fairy tale. Girls like us don't get that. Oh, wow. Look in the mirror, doll. We're no Julia Roberts. And we talk about what we like, what we dislike, what we got really angry about, and what are we reviewing this week? We are reviewing Isn't It Romantic? I think I might be going crazy. I hit my head really hard, and I woke up in this alternate universe. My life's become a mother romantic comedy. The answer's no. No, it's not. <laughs> I'm going to read you the Google synopsis so everyone can I'm already kind of cringing. My nose is really wrinkling up. This film was released on the 13th February in the US on Netflix. All right. So like in time for Valentine's Day. Cool. Internationally, it was released on like the 28th. I thought it was odd when it came out. Because I was like, well, surely they would have done this in time for Valentine's Day. And it turns out they did, but just just in America. (laughs) Natalie is a New York architect who works hard to get noticed at her job, but is more likely to deliver coffee and bagels than to design the city's next skyscraper. Things go from bad to weird when she's knocked unconscious during a subway mugging and magically wakes up to find herself in an alternate universe. Always cynical about love, Natalie's worst nightmare. Jesus what <laughs> jesus christ superstar this is not meant to be the kind of that's telling you the whole thing it's meant to be like snappy it's not synopsis just snappy i don't want the whole that's just telling me the story all right no i'm not blaming you <laughs> no shade to you i'm i'm critical of that synopsis <laughs> so basically she's an architect in new york don't you she gets mugged she hits her head lengthy. she wakes up and she's in a romantic comedy right but that, that, that's way too lengthy you don't think well, yeah, but it's Google, so it's trying to give you, like, the outline. That's just, that's just the whole thing. It even tells us about her personality. So it's just like... I know, but you do get that in sort of, like, the first five minutes of the film. Speaking of which, let's go into opening credits. Get, yes, because not only do you get it in the first five minutes of the film, you get it in the first 12 minutes of the film. Okay, so I'll just say, opening credits is where we just <laughs> basically talk about our general thoughts before we go into specifics. Fran, how did you like Isn't It Romantic? (laughs) We've not discussed this at all previously. Yeah. I will say. And also, this is the first time both of us have seen the film. Yeah. We've had no second viewings, and I don't think that is a plan of ours for for the future. No. Unless we want to be sad. From the very first scene, I thought, oh, this feels kind of heavy-handed, like Mm. the way they're getting. And then from the second scene, I was like, oh, this is heavy-handed. Yeah. And then the third scene, I was like, this is heavy-handed. Yeah. So basically, 12 minutes later, um, <laughs> we're told the same thing about Natalie over and over again, about who she is. Um, and I don't understand. It's just, we're, we're, it's, you know, the whole saying of, like, show and tell. This is all tell. Characters are literally telling us, point for point, 
oh, this is who you are. You don't open up. You let people walk all over you. You 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 don't think well of yourself. Yeah. Twelve minutes, so pointless. Not helped by like fat jokes every two minutes or so. It's like Do remember, you think? remember. Yeah, it starts off with her mum saying like, "Oh, nobody's gonna marry you unless." Like, oh, when she had to stop the car as well, the yeah. food cart. I was like, "Are you fucking kidding?" And he's like, "Oh, stop it with your body. You're built like a cement truck." <sighs> and are we like disgusting for things like that? I always wonder: Are the audience supposed to be like, Haha, "Yeah, great," yeah, or what? especially because the film is trying to be empowering it's It's trying to say what the hell do you want people to think the whole message by the end of the film is that you know she like loves herself and accepts herself but this was my main problem and my main sort of point for opening credits is that it's tonally so confused it runs the entire time like from end to end like between being sort of self-empowering and she's like realizing that she has good things about her as well even though she's not really realizing it like people are sort of vaguely telling completely her. yeah and her being like oh well this doesn't happen to me because you know like i don't need any of that shit and like let's make another fat joke about it's, myself it's so peculiar and it the film itself like in terms of the genre because it's i guess meant to kind of be a parody of rom-coms but so many bits actually feel like a parody of a parody of rom-coms yeah. and it feels like the writers hate rom-coms yeah which I think for a good, thoughtful parody just completely ruins it. Like, because you can just tell that the writers are shitting on rom-coms and it's like, well, that's your fucking audience. Do you want to know something that'll piss you off then? Always. <laughs> <laughs> One of the writers on this yeah. also wrote The Wedding Date and What Happens what? in Vegas and did rewrites on 27 Dresses. I love The Wedding Date and I so like do twi- I. 27 Dresses. Yeah, I don't like What Happens in no, Vegas, but you know. it does. Um... <laughs> We'll skip past that. But she wrote The Wedding Date, which is... That's one of the writers, though. So I'm like, okay. And they also wrote What Happens in Vegas. So I'm just... They wrote the whole of The Wedding Date? Yeah. I don't understand. I didn't get the tone at all. I never felt like I was watching a cohesive whole, like a whole story. It felt like sort of... It just never felt like they they settled on their position on rom-coms. Like, do you hate them? Are you... Do you, like, respect the form, but you're, like making clever little jibes at it because you know that's that would be fine yeah are you trying to make a Mm rom-com in itself while still being sort of critical of it or or what like literally (laughs) they just took the gimmick of what if this person who doesn't like love is then put into a rom-com and they didn't think it all the way through and then they didn't really do anything with it that they just thought, oh, this gimmick is going to stand by itself, which yeah. some would say it didn't. It didn't and for me. And we are the sum. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't for me. It did. I, like, I wasn't sustained by that gimmick all the way through. I need to have something that I'm rooting for or that I'm thinking is going to be seen through all the way to the end when I'm watching a film. Well, yeah, of course. When Donnie asks her, who do you love uh-huh. near the end... I thought she was going to say me, myself, because she had this sort of like look of realisation on her face. And I was like... Great, okay, so she's oh. realised after chasing after like these guys, she's realised that she loves herself. And I thought that that's where it was going to sort of like end. Right. The daydream at least. And then she goes, no, Josh. And then she goes to stop his wedding. And then in the middle of making like a really cringy speech in the middle of his I wedding. It was all... Which was an arsehole thing to do. Yeah, of course. Then she realises that it's her that she's supposed to love and it's supposed to be about self-acceptance. And I was like, this is all over the place. I'm smart and kind and funny and 
I'm passionate about work and I'm really weirdly good at karaoke. Josh, you should choose me. You should love me. Because I love... I love... I love me. Holy crap. I love me. And also to that end, I'm just sort of like, well, why couldn't she... Why couldn't the story be her loving herself and her having love? Yeah, after Donnie asked her that question, if she'd gone, Josh and me, I can have both. You know, I can... Right. It's just like, why does this person have to choose one or the other just because they're not seen as conventionally attractive? Yeah. It's just like, they can they can have both. Because I was going to say this for closing credits, but that was really annoying. It felt shoehorned in. Yeah. Um. It was literally like in the s- split seconds of a quick montage that lesson is just thrown in there at the end that is one of my points that i've also written down really just completely annoying and it's just like well the whole story was her confronting her feelings and understanding her pessimism yeah those were the kind of like the issues at play and putting that under the whole umbrella of like love yourself just feels totally contrived that was one of my points that i felt was really frustrating is because she arrives at that conclusion, but it's not really signposted throughout the rest of the film. No way! Like, the film is framed as, like, someone who's very pessimistic about love and rom-coms in general, sort of coming around to the idea of them being quite fun, and, like, you know, she can do the things that she wants to do and whatever, and then right at the last second, it's like, oh, no, it's about self-love and acceptance. It literally Signposted is not at properly, all. Yeah, it's not hinted at. And as you say, like, with the little five-second montage of, like, the things that she's been doing in the daydream, and she remembers the things that she's been doing and then realises that she loves herself, I was like, yeah, but you should have had concrete scenes Even where after she's... after that montage, that was just literally, like, four clips of her I didn't smiling. Know what, I didn't know what was happening. I still thought she was going to say you. Yeah, I to, didn't know what was happening. To Josh. Basically, being honest with yourself and understanding how some of society treats you versus how you should be treated, that is an act of self-love. Yeah. But she could have had love and self-love. Yeah. Like, why are we limiting her when she's act- when she's fucking in a rom-com, we're still limiting how much this person yeah. gets within that If you're going to have that as a lesson, you need to have concrete scenes with dialogue that signposts that. Yeah. As the end conclusion. Yeah. But considering, like, she loves Josh and Josh loves her, it's like, she could have had both. Yeah. Fair enough if it was just a thing of self-love if that wasn't the case. Yeah. And he was actually kind of, like, shady or whatever. But that's not... No. So just give her both. They just don't make it seem like it's a complex issue. No. When, again, like, being honest with yourself and your feelings and with how you've been treating yourself as a result of how society's been treating you, that would be something interesting to delve into. That's yeah. not what they do. That's they the they thing. make out it's her mum was mean to her and it's given her this complex sense. And then people in society aren't really great, but it's partially because she's not confident. That's on her. Yeah. That they kind of just make out it's her problem and her issue because she's down on herself. That's why other people are. Yeah. And I'm like, that's not what it is though. I just think that critiquing rom coms and saying that women should be happy with things other than love, so career and like sort of self acceptance. Yeah. She was saying those things at the start and I thought, okay. If that's the case, and that's the lesson that you're going with, this movie better not end the way I think it's going to, which is what it did. Oh, no. Which is like, she just 
ends up with the guy and she ends up with everything that she see i wouldn't have minded her still ending up with a guy because again it's like well it's a rom-com yeah it, but if, the it, way that they the the tone and the way that they frame it i'm just like i don't feel satisfied yeah, with it, this yeah, because it wasn't it didn't properly delve into both no. considering all the stuff she said about how she like people should love themselves and like it's not all about the romance mm. at the start of the film it's just like well both of those things should have been properly explored and they weren't one was shoehorned in, yeah. and the other was kind of, like, sparkled in throughout the... Pick a lane and communicate one message. See, I still think they could have communicated two. But they, they would have had to be very thoughtful to the plot, be, which they were Yeah, be good at it then. Yeah, yes, completely. <laughs> if you're going to be... If you're not going to give it very much thought, as they clearly didn't, pick one lane. Yeah. I actually think the film could have started, and it would have been an interesting place to start if it was... The first conversation she had with her friend while her friend was watching a romantic comedy. We know all those movies are lies set to terrible pop songs. I love those songs. And those movies are not lies. Uh, yes, they are. People waking up in bed with full hair and makeup. It's so unrealistic. What about how there's always like some main chick and she's super clumsy. She's always like, oh, whoops. And everyone goes, she's so charming. No, in real life. People think she had muscular dystrophy. Oh, and don't even get me started about the cliche gay best friend whose sole purpose in the story is just to help the main hot chick. The dialogue could have been less forceful mm. in that because I like the idea of her friend watching a romantic comedy and then her making a passing comment of like, oh, they aren't that great. Yeah. And then she like continues to make more and more passing comments yeah, and it's yeah. like three hours later. If that's like well done, that could be quite a comical way to build yeah. and give the indication of like oh not only does she like not like them or she's like oh they're not my thing like it goes from like thinking she is casually opposed to them to actually like oh these have affected you who hurt you yeah that that would have been funny and interesting and i think that would have been like a perfect place to start because yeah. that was about 12 minutes into the film and it was just like well we're hearing the same stuff we've already heard. Just give us that at the start, mm -hmm. not as forcefully. Because even then it was forceful. And it's like, but you've told us all this already. Yeah. So why? It is basically the gimmick was the whole film. I can note one thing that I did enjoy. In moments. <laughs> Don't worry, just in moments. The cinematography and the camera movement and the colours and the lighting. I yes. think for some points, they didn't even um, look like they had like a rom-com filter on necessarily. Some of the points just looked like they had an otherworldly filter on, yeah. which I was like, that totally makes sense and that's mm -hmm. not necessarily just going, that, that's you experimenting and being thoughtful with, you know, your camera and lighting and stuff. There was one scene that I particularly remember where the camera kind of like circles round her as she's doing the architecture stuff mm -hmm. and the lighting changes and yeah. it looks really cool. So I liked things like that where it felt like her unlocking a new world or yeah. like yeah um, i liked the differences like in in cinematography so the star in her sort of like crap reality i guess mm. like it's very dark and dingy and then she goes into the rom-com world and it's bright and airy and sort of pink and a little bit sort of uh blurry around the edges and then when she goes back to the real world but she's got a different sense of herself it's not as dingy as it was before yeah it's like a little sort of mid balance which i thought was quite a good like visual that. way of indicating like how she feels about the world and even the start of the film the camera movement was a bit more handheld to yeah. kind of convey like the chaos of it which is like camera movement 101 yeah <laughs> but i was still just like no i appreciate that you put that oh, thought yeah. into yeah. it and then that comes back into it um towards the end as well there was like a really um interesting sweeping shot when she goes on the date with like blake 
the lighting throughout that whole day is gorgeous. Yeah. And again, it doesn't feel necessarily like cliche rom-com lighting where everything feels a bit um, airbrushed or whatever. It feels kind of... It has, like, a, a good mix of, like, cool and warm lighting. Mm-hmm. And it, again, just feels otherworldly yeah. instead of just rom-com filter, beauty, airy, sunny. So... Yeah, I appreciated the thought that went into that. Yeah, it's technically a well-made film Mm. because it had a significant budget because it was a Netflix Valentine's release. It's just a shame that the script and a certain amount of the acting, from my my personal opinion, uh, let it down. Okay, yeah, no, I have one more point. Considering how long the plot takes to kick in. Yes. Because it takes about 29 minutes for her to then go, I'm in a rom-com. Yeah. So considering all of that, I am just like, what a shame that they didn't have any dramatic beats that exposed her vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Like for people treating her nicely and like men seeming more adoring of her, they they amped it up. So every time um, Rebel Wilson's character reacted, she was just like, it was constantly the same tone of what are you doing? Mm. Like, uh, like, kind of no, outrage, get away from me. Uh, outrage and suspicion. Yeah. Where it's just like, well, surely it would make more sense for someone in her position to be suspicious at first, mm. maybe freak out about it slightly, but then maybe like half warm to the idea. Yeah. It's just like, well, you're someone who used to like rom-coms, so you do like the idea of of someone being romantic with you in that way so it's just like well and i was just kept on waiting for it to come Mm. like and and hoping that it would basically she's half suspicious at first Mm. and then as it continues she kind of lets her guard down a bit and is like oh really like Mm. you think so yeah and then she gets more and more hints that she's not in a real world so then like we see that repeat disenchantment that she got as a kid mm. well that would have been like a perfect dramatic beat because it's just like she would have started to believe that this many people could be interested in her romantically yeah. and then she would have been like oh no it's literally only in this world yeah that would have been like oh shit dude you know yeah she says like guys now look at me in the eyes okay so no man in like the quote-unquote real version of your world Hmm. ever looked at you in the eyes ever yeah that seems very unlikely (laughs) it's all just sort of like her cynicism and her like i am in utterly invisible to every man yeah so so when someone takes notice of her she gets basically annoyed like yeah it's like played up a lot and it's like that's not really how people are people are yeah it's just insecure and vulnerable yeah and it would have been nice to see her be sort of like oh fluidity that's what it would have been nice to see there are a number of different ways that someone can act suspicious um or caught off guard Mm. or cynical yeah um and and those reactions could have had different levels to them. She was always acting at the same level for anything anyone was saying. It was basically just, everything can go away. Stop touching me. Don't look at me. 
try and oh and then she went it's into like, the subway station doing? yeah it, so she went weird. into the subway station and she was like oh mug me mug me like what is wrong with everyone yeah like this is not real it's like no no you wouldn't yeah you'd, no. you'd be scared and confused and then you wouldn't necessarily as soon as someone is nice to you someone who looks like liam hemsworth is nice to you you wouldn't necessarily be like okay right okay go away now stop talking to yeah, me yeah no way You'd you, be caught you, off guard. You, you wouldn't be that cynical. You'd be cynical. caught off guard. You may be a bit cynical with, like, the first couple of lines of interacting with that person. But then when they carry on being charming to you, you'll think that, like, you'll be ch- flattered. You'll at least think they might be a decent person. Right. And so you might be polite to them. <laughs> right. I mean, it seems like she was attracted to him. So in that case, she would have been flattered, I guess. Yeah. Not necessarily if any... Uh, tom dick or harry yeah just so you know if you come up to me on the street and keep on complimenting me i'm not necessarily gonna be flattered (laughs) that's not what what, that's not what we're saying no 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 but in this scenario she she may have been like taken aback in a pleasant way as the conversation continued i just think it was played all the way to the extreme of her being like i hate rom-coms one tone one tone throughout those those number of scenes one tone she was basically i bet the script for that is just like what what are you doing yeah, what are you saying yeah there's no nuance it. to it at all no and it's just like what a missed opportunity for us to like feel bad for the character and to kind of be like her getting her hopes up and kind of like feeling flat and and kind of kind of accepting the someone's thinking that well of her yeah and that's the thing is she's not curious like at all and this is what i mean about the movie being tonally all over the place she tries to jump in front of a train and they're sort of like low dramatic music playing as she tries to kill herself to get out of this like rom-com fantasy world what the fuck kind of place does that scene have in that film i think they wanted to kind of do like a groundhog day-esque thing and it's like well that's not what the film is so then even when she gets to the apartment after or before she realizes she's in the rom-com i thought some of the time in the apartment she could have at least been like sad or just like quiet Mm. like everything could have just been quiet as she was trying to figure out like what's happening yeah and also the fact that her best friend from work whitney in the rom-com land hates her because women in the workplace have to be like that's not what happens in rom-coms all the time i I put this in my closing credits but i could just say it now what disrespect to judy greer is that her name (laughs) yes but i'm just like she's been the best friend in rom-coms for yonkers don't make out (laughs) Don't don't make out that doesn't happen. And she doesn't always play like a really always. nice person, but I feel like the only time she didn't really was like thirteen going yeah, on thirty. That's what I'm thinking of. But the rest of them, she's been the best buddy. I know the whole thing with Whitney being like a bitch to her at work and whatever. Mm. She never seems upset about that. I'd be so upset if she, my best she was friend was like, suddenly like my mortal enemy. You don't think she was upset at all? Well, she just sort of went like, Whitney, we're friends, and, and that was kind of it. She never sort of there was never a beat where she looked really upset about it yeah and i would be so upset because you don't have that person then to i I guess she she goes on to josh like to talk to him instead but like what does that say about the female friendship you you (laughs) could write it off temporarily let's move on to our next segment is the meat cute normally we would discuss how the lead couple meet each other Mm -hmm. but this movie's sort of all over the place so even though her and josh are the lead couple it's not all about that and it's more about her trying to get out of this fantasy land and they already met at work (laughs) right so i guess the most we can do is talk about um, us meeting the characters characters for the first time i guess we'll consider those two to be the main 
squeeze I guess for the so. film. Yeah. Because that's what the film is telling us to do. So yeah. we'll indulge that okay. briefly and then never again. <laughs> oh, they met at work. They've been best friends for like a, a number of years. Uh-huh. I thought that like their presence on screen together was okay yeah it was like, fine it was clear that he was gonna be the one to also a number be her of love years. interest it feels like they've been friends for like a year uh, it, I, d- it well, I don't know because we don't really learn enough right. about them it, yeah it doesn't feel like a build-up of but like he comes in and and is sort of gassing her up for her presentation and he's like touching her shoulders and i'm like oh mm. okay <laughs> this is gonna be the one then yeah i didn't care to be quite honest with you no and I found it really weird because basically before we get into the the romantic comedy part of the film, in quotations, (laughs) uh, Josh shows signs of liking her basically straight away. I don't think she shows signs of liking him. I think she's just so not... uh, Well, I think the way the the film is trying to say that she's so not used to people liking her because she's not conventionally attractive that she wouldn't notice the signs even though they're there. Sure, but I'm just like, well, she would still have, like, small glances over to him. Like, we would have seen, like, just, like, a a mini second Mm. of a shot of it seeming like she was maybe interested in him. Just something. Like, it didn't need to be, like, an overt, like, giggling at everything he was saying or, like, touching him in a certain way. But, like, we'd see something that she was kind of interested and we didn't. No. It's just weird because it's just like, okay, well, then the first person who likes you, you're just going for them yeah that's what because it's just like oh well your ego's so damaged and how society treats you anyway you're fucking lucky if yeah. one person likes you so the first guy that pays you any attention you realize by the end of the film oh i must love him then because right. he's not horrible to me right okay because he touches my shoulders yeah. and doesn't <laughs> think that's gross or something. And he like, looks at me in the eye yeah. like what the fuck because yeah it's literally like if we just had that first like half hour or so to go off of i would have been like well she doesn't seem interested in him that doesn't seem like a romantic connection so yeah i I was a bit confused about oh she likes him are we supposed to just assume she'll like him because of course she would like anyone who likes her back yeah well that's what i assumed because that's that yeah (laughs) because that's the way the film plays all they give us and all they give us is like him being remotely nice to her as a friend yeah and not being a dick that's the thing even when her friend has a conversation with her about it it's just kind of like oh he wouldn't like me but there's no conversation with her friend of like well do you like him yeah (laughs) that doesn't seem to be a question that anyone thinks is relevant it's all contingent on his interest in her right which is (laughs) so fuck bizarre what did you think of her look we're told the same thing about her over and over again Mm -hmm. that she's insecure But we don't, like, witness that vulnerability. People tell her what to do at work and she kind of, like, mumbles comments about it. But, like, again, we don't witness her kind of being like, oh, okay, like, or anything. We don't don't see her being, being vulnerable. We're told that she is. And that's kind of it. There's never a moment. And this is not necessarily all on the script. I would like to say I don't like Rebel Wilson. I don't enjoy her in anything that she's been in. Like, I'm sure she's a very nice person. I just find her very hard to watch because I think there's absolutely no emotional connection there at all. There's no, like, emotional layering to her performance in anything that I've seen. This has probably been 
the most layered performance she's done and yeah (laughs) and as we've said we don't think is actually that layered no but this this is the most emotionality she's been able to show on screen like this is this is the juiciest role she's been given thus far okay i think she's had she has a film coming out of anne hathaway so we'll fucking see yeah the hustle but i am concerned and anytime i go into anything with rebel wilson and i'm a a bit skeptical because yeah so am i because i don't like watching her (laughs) yeah i I don't know what to think of that sure she's very nice but i just i don't get anything from her performance emotionally i don't get any vulnerability like it's all making fat jokes about yourself or again because it's all just like one tone like i watched this video before about like the art of acting and it's like (laughs) (laughs) pretentious you're learning you're learning francesca and (laughs) hannah um (laughs) but basically some kind of poorer actors will just so if they're in a scene where they have to be angry they'll just do the same level of anger at every single line yeah and it's like well no you'd react to each line differently even if you have to be angry throughout the scene like you're not reacting to each line you're just reacting to the tone of the scene and that's it Mm -hmm. um and i feel like that's definitely something that she does it's all just sort of slightly distanced self-deprecating humor there's no like pause for am i upset by this am i questioning anything it's always just sort of like okay well i'm in this new situation so i know that people can be insecure and vulnerable and a way they compensate for that is being loud and obnoxious when really there's something underneath but if you want to show that in a film kind of calm and confident for the start of the film she didn't seem insecure necessarily if you want to show in a film if you want to show someone like putting on a front mm, over yeah. their insecurities like you've got to show the insecurities at some point right. the only thing they did show and tell was uh members of staff walking all over her but then they made her make comments about it too so then it was like okay so then you show and tell and it's like yeah. treat us better yeah. we're smart cookies yeah i got all my chips <laughs> <laughs> the progression of that coming into the office scene from Uh beginning to end so at the start she is like trodden all over people ask her to do stuff that isn't really in like the purview of her job by the end you know she's got like her mojo and like her sense of self-acceptance and stuff and power and she comes in and does like an almost identical walk through the office right it's so the way it's written and for me the way it's acted by rebel wilson just made it really cringy to watch oh completely somebody asked her to put things in the trash and she's like well i'm i'm pretty busy at the moment so why don't you put that in the trash yourself and it's and she chucks it in the air like everyone which, like, <laughs> which is just like an assholey thing to like you, you don't yeah. have to be an asshole now that you accept yourself of course. the woman asks her to like get the 3d printer fixed and she's like oh uh, okay well i'm just i'm just gonna get on the phone to you because that's that's your job is this supposed to be like a funny bit yeah. I didn't laugh, I'll tell you, I didn't laugh the whole time that I watched the film. I know, I, lo- I, I, know I lo- feel like maybe I smiled a bit at one point. I, I did not. A distant memory. <laughs> laughing, laughing at a film is like a social thing. I laugh a lot more when I'm watching a film with people than when I'm watching it on my own. But yeah. sometimes a film is so funny that I will laugh out loud Completely. Alone. It takes a lot for me to laugh at um, a comedy. But that's good comedy. Yes. If I laugh out loud alone in my bed oh, watching Netflix, it's just, it's not even funny. And she's being super, like gauchen over the top about how like yeah nobody can touch me nobody can tell me what to do no more kind of thing and again it, it kind of put the responsibility on her 
for those situations to change completely onto her. Yeah. I would have loved if that, if they did do like a repeat uh, for the end scene. If they just respected her yeah. more. Or, or if it was just like she took those people aside and was like, why do you talk to me like that? Mm. And then put it back on them. And then she could have still been assertive and cool about it and like shown a growth, but it Absolutely. didn't have to be in that way. Because it, it was just like, that okay, sort of like well, be an asshole then. Yeah. And then you're good. Be an asshole, but you're confident now. That's another good example of like no nuance to the character yeah. at all. It's just like, no, great. Now I'm like a power boss and yeah. that's the sort of stereotype that I'm going to be. Fuck you and stick your own trash away. Fix your own stuff. Like I ain't gonna do your job no more kind of thing. It's and I was just so... like, I don't believe this. I don't believe any I don't root for her. No. I... Oh God. <laughs> I dislike this film, but I didn't think I was going to hate it even more once we started talking about it. And I do. Really? I, I haven't seen I Feel Pretty by Amy Schumer. Oh, I don't know if it's fair to compare, because I, I, I did see like some reviews where people were comparing the two films, and I'm like... It's fair to compare, I think. Is it fair? Because I feel like I, I would worry if we're making that comparison that it's just because it's someone who's not conventionally pretty leading the role conventionally pretty but both, quotations both but. films take like you know an, a, a conventionally not attractive whatever that means anyway right. lead not traditionally attractive yeah, whatever uh they take that lead and they build an entire film around a concept you know designed to sort of exploit that and they play it all at one level and that's what all the jokes are sort of centered around it's very similar in that way i mean i haven't seen i feel pretty but i would take a guess and i would say that that's probably way worse tonally than this film is oh yeah it's a shittier film this film ideally would have been um it would have touched like i said it would have touched on her um inability to like confront her emotions and like her lack of confidence in what she feels and how she presents herself and then it would have also given us the romance because it's a romantic comedy and she deserves to have that still while also figuring out other stuff other good rom-coms i mean we spoke about my best friend's wedding semi-recently <laughs> those characters got arcs yeah they got nuance and they also got that while you know still having the romance because that's possible and the thing is i think they thought they were being so so progressive yeah i i think they thought like oh wow like we're giving this poor person like and (laughs) people who look like her a film where they love themselves it's a romantic comedy though but it's really about her love it's like give her both and it's also barely focused on that until right at the end where it's shoehorned in yeah and there's a bunch of fat jokes made and also you think that a a little girl watching this film isn't going to see that scene at the beginning with her and her mother. And that's not going to stick. Yeah. The food cart thing. I'm just like, what a... Oh, fuck off. What a ridiculous thing to do. And that's going to stick with people. Yeah. It could have been a thing of like, they could have easily put that in the trailer and people would have been up in arms about the film. Rightfully. Yeah. Like, we don't need this kind of, oh, like, she's fat and people treat her like she can do... It's just not funny. Make better jokes. Yeah. Do better. It's just write better <sighs> jokes. I just wanted it to be funny. Yeah. Like, I wasn't invested. I just wanted it to be vaguely funny. I, I, I think the best friend could have been funny. I think the best friend had a, a decent performance. Yeah, and I love that actress as well. Oh, really? What yeah. has she been in? Glow. Have you seen Glow no. on Netflix? Oh, boy. <laughs> One of the best shows that I've seen maybe in the last five years. Oh, damn. Yeah. All right. But she has a lot of potential 
in that role as an actress. Like, she's amazing in Glow. Okay, I- the next segment is called Ridiculous, where we discuss the characters' chemistry or lack thereof. Oh, Christ. I think this will be a short one because we've sort of discussed it already. I think her and Hemsworth are probably a bit more endearing together during during the date just the date Uh, yeah okay i'm like that that's more endearing to me like that their date was almost my sweetest feeling but obviously i knew it couldn't be because that's not sound (laughs) that's a really good point because it ties in again to a point that i'm sure this isn't the last time i'll make about the tone like Mm. in the end blake turns out to be an asshole suddenly very very suddenly out so of the suddenly blue. that it was like oh i'm gonna steal your stuff now on their first date i was like okay this is actually like they're gonna have some sort of connection before she eventually ends up with josh because that, yeah. that's what the film told us yes but when they're sitting in the ice cream shop so cute so cute and then they're talking about and the dialogue was some of like the most genuine okay. what's your favorite ice cream flavor of all time now i'll tell you mm. but you have to promise you won't make fun of me Butter pecan. What? Who likes butter pecan? What's wrong with you? You're like an 80 year old grandpa. (laughs) You know, the Buddhists say that if you meet someone and your heart pounds and your hands shake and your knees go weak, that that's not the one. When you meet your soulmate, you'll feel completely calm. I feel very calm right now. How about you? Exactly. When he says, oh, when you meet your soulmate, like, you think you'll be all sort of nervous and stuff, but you, you'll actually feel completely calm. And I was like, oh, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, honestly, that whole scene of just, like, even the, her, like, ripping into him about what which ice cream flavour yeah, he likes the most. it was I'm nice. Like, that's the most genuine dialogue we're maybe going to get from the whole film. It was. Yeah. <laughs> and it... So even though um, the scene of them kissing in the middle of the road was so dramatically done, I kind of had a bit of a smile. I was like... It was okay. That's great, yeah. though. Because that was all done because it was it's like a trope of rom-coms to like have that kiss in yeah, the middle of the I, rain I or whatever. Like, but I was enjoying fine. it because of the conversation that happened before. I was yeah. like, okay, I'm like not, not invested in this. I wonder if they thought that would actually be a funny bit because of how dramatic they made it. But I was just like, no, that's sweet. Yeah. Because rom-coms aren't trash, so stop talking about them as though they are. That's the thing, is that I can't work out whether the writers are, like, trying to shit on them or they're trying to, like, pay homage in a sort of tongue-in-cheek way. I think it's totally a split, considering one of the writers wrote for rom-coms. Yeah, I just think like... there was, like, a conflict between the yeah. writers or something because that's it's not cohesive. The it tone seems that like going someone for. in the writers' room was like, rom-coms are anti-feminist. Oh, God. That's what I'm thinking. That... That's what I'm thinking, like, someone is anti-girly stuff and rom-coms are seen as girly. It's not the same thing as feminist. Well... <laughs> we won't get into that now. <laughs> no, but I'm I'm just like, they think rom-coms aren't good for women. Sure. And the, you know, being girly isn't good for women. Because mm-hmm. there are some feminists who have that stance. Yeah. Uh, but they're not really... You're wrong. Feminists. <laughs> no. <laughs> Welcome to You're Not Really a Feminist Corner. <laughs> and we're just saying, you're not really feminists. Thank you. So, (laughs) I'm going to move swiftly on. I found the chemistry between her and Josh to be not the worst I've ever seen. It was chummy. I didn't care. Yeah, it was just fine. About them getting together at the end. I will say, they have like a good energy. They've played love interests before in Pitch Perfect. Right. So, 
like they they have a good rapport as actors mm-hmm. and i didn't hate watching them agreed and also the scene near the end before they kiss when he shows her the view from his desk and it turns out that he is he's never been staring at this big billboard outside her window uh-huh. with a model on of it the model. he's been staring at her and I, that was almost my sweetest feeling because i was like that's okay. so cute would we be able to move on to the sweetest feeling because <laughs> that is that? mine <laughs> go right ahead i what i liked about that whole thing too is kind of how he confesses his feelings where yeah. he just kind of slowly and calmly does it and he's like sit in my chair you done okay here. take a seat come on sit down come on you're not pushing me again no 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 hang on okay stay right there don't move so what do you see when you look at the billboard i was looking at you i'm always looking at you I mean, I, I knew that was going to be... It, it seemed obvious that he From was actually start, staring... From the he was staring at her, at her. Yeah. But when she's going on like, oh, you know, you need to snap out of it and stop staring at that model out the window. Like, you need to be living in the real world and stuff. And then he's like, stop talking. Yeah. <laughs> Sit in my chair and I'm just going to show you what's been happening Even though this it was very time. obvious, the fact that it still yeah. felt satisfying, I was like, oh, well, that's... Congrats it was nice because well he was like scene. looking at her in the reflection of the window and like and he was like waving at her like yeah yeah this is what's been going on hello so that was nice i liked after they kissed like how chill they were and how like casual their conversation was about like oh let's meet up later well yeah because they were like oh well this this is like developed in our relationship i guess we should go on a date now and like they're yeah. just sort of happy about it yeah this, i was like that is very sweet and again yeah. felt genuine felt earned i suppose for that to be i guess so yeah for it not to be like i would have been very annoyed if it was kind of more of a they run to one another and they get together in like a grand way because it's like well again they just seem kind of chummy and like they could be into one another so it just being like yeah i like you oh i like you too okay let's go on a date i'm like that that feels earned and i yeah it's very satisfied it fit with their energy i think how well that scene did was probably everything to do with the acting and the the chemistry of the characters yeah i think so um so that is my sweetest feeling mine's (laughs) mine's pretty connected (laughs) mine is just after they kiss because i mean to be honest it's the only bit in the film where i was really like oh like that whole sequence i was like okay i don't not care about this like just a tiny weeny bit just straight after they kiss um and she gets into the elevator and he like punches the air and spins around on his chair and i was like oh he's so happy yeah he's been waiting for that for a long time obviously yeah and i just thought oh that's cute that is cute it didn't make me pause the film which is usually like my marker for <laughs> yeah you do a bit of a squeal um from what i have told to me. yeah well if something's really good i have to pause it and feel the feelings and then move You're on so adorable i know <laughs> that's like my marker for when something's really good and well acted and well written is that i, I get to, that I have you, to you need to breathe. take a moment yeah yeah i didn't yeah. pause it but i did find it very cute and i also really liked straight after when like the lift doors open and Whitney is there and she's like I just ran all the way down the stairs to say like I'm really proud of you and like you've like it turns out you are in a in a rom-com sort of literally yeah I I liked some of that dialogue I wish the ending of it wasn't like turns out you're in those rom-coms that you hate so much did you just run down the stairs I just 
just wanted to say I'm so proud of you. Upstairs was amazing. Just to be clear, Josh does not complete me. I complete myself. You know, good. Even though you were so cynical, it looks like you have the dream job, the guy that really likes you, the really cool best friend, me. It's like you are in one of those love stories that you hate so much. Because then it's just like, well, that's then the closing bit of the interaction between them. And I'm like, that doesn't feel like a good closing statement. Because again, it just feels like you're forcing us to have that viewpoint yeah if she said that at the start and then said other the other stuff that she did say yeah then i would have been like cool if she'd said like so turns out you've got the guy and and the career and you believe in yourself so you know there's something to love about yeah. rom-coms isn't there that could have been she a was nice like, well, final who's statement in a rom-com now yeah. and then she carried on talking and been like i'm so proud of you yeah and it, and she kind of just said it more as like a joke and it wasn't like this is what you need to know. Yeah. But I thought that was a nice moment between the two friends. I just, wish there would have been more Whitney in the film because I did like her a lot. Most of the moments I was like, oh, these could be better. And that was just yeah. one that I was like, oh, well, that was actually quite good. But yeah. a couple of like dialogue switches and it could have been <laughs> yeah. actually less like, you're treating us like we don't understand what this film is. I tell you what, it's bad when I am... Um, mentally editing the film as i go and like rewriting it i kind of have fun doing that because the the premise itself i i think probably did have potential yeah who would you want in that role instead of rebel i don't know the truth is i don't know because it shouldn't really matter the whole point is that the character is supposed to have layers to them and everything i just have a thing about her that she just doesn't convey any emotional Mm. like undertones or vulnerability for me that that's, might just be a personal thing for me because she's a very successful, well liked actress. Yeah, but I mean, one of her most well known things is playing Fat Amy. Don't, so don't. I and also I hate Pitch Perfect. Let's just. Oh, same. Great. Sorry to tell you all, but I mean, it's oh not that God. good. And let's not just overly rate it because it has an all girl cast. Let's not. Let's fucking aim higher. Oh, I'm Thank so you. pleased. You, I'm <laughs> so pleased that you don't like it. I've never met anyone else who doesn't like it. No. Everyone goes, you hate it? Oh my God, it's so good. I'm like, no, it's not. It's full of stereotypes <laughs> and it's not really well written. And yeah. I, I think I've only ever watched the first one, but I'm just like, no. Instead of having her be like, oh, well, I call myself Fat Amy so that bitches like you don't do it behind my back. Like, just maybe have her in the film and not mention it and not have any of her storyline revolve around her being fat. Sure. That's what I'm really looking for. Like, in the next 10 years, hopefully, is there to be films with, like, central female characters and male characters who are fat and it's got absolutely nothing to do with anything about their storyline do you think a film like this where the gimmick is it's tough to know what the gimmick actually is yeah then because it is just like because i was about to say something and i was like no the gimmick is meant to be that she hates rom-coms and then she finds herself in one yeah which i thought it was going to be and then she just happened to not be like conventionally attractive and that would play a part in her character arc Mm. but then they tried to make that at the forefront of the character by constantly mentioning it so that's because i'm just like well it makes sense to represent in an honest and full way and part of that representation in terms of like people having romantic relationships will be like insecurities of how the world perceives them because of how society mm. puts out this like this is what beauty looks like and this is yeah. what people who are in Bullshit. love look like so they definitely had to make a nod and an acknowledgement to it and i think that could have been done well 
um, without really taking away from the complexity of the character yeah. or, like, that not being her sole story mm-hmm. because that's silly. And she's in a rom-com, so it's not meant to be her sole story. No. I just found it frustrating that there is, with this concept, a fair amount of potential. Would your leading actress be someone who's not conventionally attractive? Yeah, because why not? Yeah. But would you make any sort of point of it in the film? I don't think so. Because that's the... I think that's the power in having characters like that and successful actors and actresses like that Mm. is that young people growing up will see people like them on screen and not have it be centralised around their appearance. So much is is centred around appearance now. There's almost room for nothing else. Yeah, and it's just like... We're so aware of the world and how aesthetics are centralized yeah like you don't need to write that in and hammer it home time and time again yeah because again we we're aware of the world yeah we're, we're aware that she's in our world so we get it mm. it's difficult because they um they, they do make the link of she does not like rom-coms because she is not conventionally attractive mm. and because of what her mum said to her so I'm just wondering, like, how those things would be separated and if you would just have someone who dislikes rom-coms, but then it's just like, well, what reason would you give for that if you were writing the film? Yeah, I guess so. You could have a hint at the start of the film where one character kind of says, like, people like us don't get stories like that. Just, like, that one line. Mm. And then that's the hint, and then that's all you need. Yeah. So you can still have the scene of her as a young kid watching rom-coms and whatever and maybe having her parents going through a divorce or something which means she doesn't really believe in like the happy ending i think something like that would have been a tumber a lot of things can happen to you when you're young that mean that you are very skeptical about love or that you don't believe in that sort of fuzzy happy ending at the end of a lot of romantic comedies it doesn't need to be like your mum saying to you hey you're fat so you won't get that story. A man's only going to marry you for a green card, so stop watching Pretty Woman. It's a very bizarre scene. Even though the film ends with her accepting herself, that beginning scene with her mum isn't really... Play- it's played for, like, comedy. Someone is going to see that, a young person, and they're going to be negatively affected by it. Yeah, no matter the good intent the film tries to do, it's just, like, you did so much, uh, like, weird messaging at the start. And also the film doesn't drive the point of self-love home like throughout the entire narrative so i think because i barely followed it so if yeah. you're trying to send that message you got to be clearer about it yeah completely. if you're going to counter the negative message from the beginning because again after that montage was there and she was like i love myself i was shocked i was like what? i know what do you mean <laughs> i mean sure but i didn't think you hated yourself honestly when she was in the church and she was like choose me love me because i love and i thought she was going to say like, yeah, I thought yeah. she was going to, like, stop for a minute, have a little, like, yes, this is what I'm going to say, and then say, I love you. When she was like, oh, I love me, even, after that tiny montage, the, I was like, what? Yeah, even when the montage was, like, clips of her face and showing her happy and stuff, I still thought she was going to say that she loves him, because yeah. I was like, oh, this is her, like, getting to know herself and her feelings, and those, well, what those clips represented, some of her feelings yeah. are that she loves him yeah because again i didn't get the impression that she hated herself i got the impression that she hated the people around her for treating her a certain way yeah and again it just brought the responsibility of people being harsh and ridiculous to her Mm. back onto her of like oh i just have to change my attitude Mm. people aren't actually being like this it's just because i'm not confident and the whole thing 
with her hating rom-coms in the first place and she gives Whitney all these reasons why she hates them she doesn't actually say you know people I'd never see people like me in rom-coms like it's always just some shiny skinny version of me or like again there's a way to just hint to factors of society that we know about yeah. of like what is seen as traditional beauty and how it's put on a pedestal and how that could affect someone who doesn't fit that mold yeah there is a way to hint to that without it killing the rest of the plot i know <laughs> like, but if the target is self-love mm, then aim surely the aim is to like get her from a place where she's like oh rom-coms are stupid because they're not for me to a place where it's like actually i deserve everything that people get in a rom-com and mm. i and i believe i am good enough for that yeah but it's not it's just like her sort of arguing about the superficial negatives right associated with rom-coms you know like stereotyping and like cheesiness i guess it's nothing to do with her and her feelings that is what's so absent from this film is her vulnerable perspective and her emotional because again it just, yeah it just tells us she's insecure i guess like maybe the writers just expect us to think that she's insecure because she's not traditionally because, attractive oh my god <laughs> that's what it just seems like it's it, but it's just oh like well, she seems kind of calm and confident so i don't understand you know when you just have, like, a realisation that just hits you? Yeah. <laughs> like a fucking bomb. They expect the audience to know to that she's like, insecure oh, because she's quote-unquote unattractive. They don't need to Literally. put that into the film because the audience will assume that she is not confident in the way that she looks because of how she looks. Because she seems... Th- I, I guess, like, she... <laughs> You're so shocked. No, but I just realised... That's so insidious. I just realised that that's why they don't bother putting any of her insecurities or vulnerabilities into it because they're like, well, you know, she's fat, so people are going to assume that, like, she's 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 not insecure. That's the thing, because I'm just like, well, she seems... She seems kind of, like, slightly fed up with where she's living and her surroundings. Yeah. I guess she doesn't like rom-coms, but there are a lot of people who don't, so that doesn't necessarily indicate insecurity or unhappiness. No. I mean, she kind of... People do walk all over her, like, staff, but then she kind of, like, mumbles comments about it. So she doesn't seem, like, non-confident. She just seems, like, fed up or not bothered. Passive. She seems a bit passive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that could be something to zoom in on. But she doesn't seem, like, shy or insecure, necessarily. I can't believe. (laughs) Yeah, it is just, like, you didn't deliver that message. Because you just assumed the audience would say well she obviously isn't happy yeah obviously she's and that's not obviously, happy she obviously doesn't like obviously she's because not she... happy because of her looks and her past there's no indication that she dislikes her looks or dislikes her personality no she makes like sort of ham-fisted like fat jokes about herself but they're not really because i like can't a... even remember them any fat jokes when she's on um a date with blake and he says let's go for a stroll and she's like oh yeah i, I see that on my fitbit sometimes it says uh, i want to go for a stroll oh yeah but when you say it like i don't want to smash you oh i think that was the bit that i kind of thought was okay okay because i wouldn't call that a fat joke necessarily because it, it it i mean obviously like it's linked to this idea of like fat people don't exercise which is no, ridiculous so it could be linked but it didn't it was not like a direct mm. link so i was kind of like oh as someone who would probably also kind of feel that way yeah yeah <laughs> um 
and doesn't exercise as much as they should. Yeah. I was just like, yeah, that. But yeah, she doesn't make harsh jokes about herself. Yeah. Or like, sort of, she's not very self deprecating at all. No. There's a thing it. I don't know what we're supposed to believe about her view of herself before she goes into this rom com. Even even the fact that, like, she lets her assistant, who's also her friend, watch (laughs) uh, rom coms all day, I guess that's meant to be like, oh, she's not confident enough to speak up and tell her not to do that. Mm. But I'm like, I don't get that i again i get like she may be passive and she maybe like doesn't want to upset people maybe but she seems fine it's just not explored enough at all also what is the film that whitney is watching with adam sandler and drew barrymore in it it's uh wedding singer okay i i I hate both drew barrymore and adam sandler so we'll struggle later on when we (laughs) We review many of their films. All right, the next segment is What Happened Next? Um, And in this segment, we give our predictions for where the characters may be after this film wraps up. The thing is, I don't care. Sure. So I think that her and Josh will probably get married because it's like hinted at he's going to marry Priyanka Chopra. And then when they're on the beach, she says to him, like, don't you want to try this with someone who already knows you and that you know like don't you want to go on this journey with someone that you've known more than a week i guess it's inferred that like and they've been friends for a long time they look like they'll probably be an okay couple like they'll probably get married i don't care like one way or the other um again she seems like she vaguely may have been interested in dating him and because he was interested in her i suppose that's enough for them to get married yeah i think in my notes i don't even need to look at my notes at this point (laughs) i think in my notes i put love and fun i guess question mark it just seems like a very open and shut case because it doesn't feel like a great romance and it it feels like yeah she's just getting a very like basic romance well it's the sort of like stage whisper version of it is like well she's not gonna find anyone else right so the end yeah this person seems decent enough yeah he's not an outright asshole to her right. so i he guess looks her in the eye. oh my like god both of them hannah both eyeballs get a good look in he treats her well like a friend would so i guess that's it just like a, a decent human would, and I bonus suppose. He's actually interested in her. Yeah. I don't, I just don't care. I don't care. I was more interested in maybe what would happen to Donnie or Whitney. I thought it was funny that Donnie turned out to be gay, like yeah. in real life as well, and a weed dealer. <laughs> a weed dealer to, I, I thought that was a good twist where it was like, oh, why do girls keep on writing notes? And she's yeah. like, because I give them weed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought that was quite funny. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of all I've got for what happened next. I don't care. Let's move on to closing credits where we give our final anything that didn't make it into the segment thoughts. We've discussed a lot throughout this, um, her lack of exposing vulnerability, but how this the whole thing tries to make us think that the lesson she had to learn was loving herself, which implies that she did not like herself, but we're not shown that. There's one point where natalie is crying when she's in the rom-com and she's in the park with josh before he saves the love interest from choking yeah the cry does not look convincing nope but i i was just like okay well maybe that's because it's in a rom-com so it's meant to be rom-com level of crying i feel like they could use that as an excuse pretty fairly no i think that's an insult to julia roberts (laughs) 
No, I mean, because they're just like... Because they're, just, they're doing they're a parody the, of the okay, rom-com. Okay, they're taking the piss. And, right. and they're probably like, well, everyone looks beautiful even when they cry in rom-coms. So then they could probably use that as a scapegoat. But I don't know if it was meant to be or not. I don't know Whether if it's the just crime was meant to look that bad. I mean, there's a part where she wells up when she is sitting in his chair towards the end of the film mm. and realising that he does like her. Uh, which I'm just like, how have you not understood that by this point? I know. Yeah, and... Yeah, I'm just not, I'm feeling nothing. I, her her tr- acting like she was crying and welling up almost ruined that as the sweetest feeling for me. I was like, you're almost taking away from this scene because the, it does not look like you're crying. Yeah, that goes with my opinion. It looks I just like don't... someone has rubbed your eyes and squared something in there. Yeah, I you're... just don't think she's very good. <laughs> she's just one tone. I mean, to an extent, she hasn't get, been given a lot of roles that can help her expand upon that. Mm. But this was an opportunity to show that potential, and I don't know if it really showcased that. So I've got several, like, small nitpicky things for closing yeah. credits. <laughs> so when she pulls the cannula out of her arm at the end, mm-hmm. and it spurts blood everywhere, I liked that. Yeah. Because... Every time people do that in films, TV, anything, it it makes like my <laughs> it gives me like weird feelings. Don't ever rip one out of your arm because you've seen someone do it in a film. It's very dangerous. It's a little plastic tube and it's inside Ooh. your vein. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, and it contrasts to like the start of when the she scene just when she was in the rom com. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's so that was that was a comparison that I thought was effective and quite amusing quite amusing when the blood like goes all over the doctor's face and she's like fuck and then she's like did you hear that and he just kind of deadpan goes yeah yeah (laughs) i'm like that's that's all right so i liked that bit i also liked uh priyanka's wedding dress and just just as like a very small aesthetic thing when she goes to stop the wedding between josh and i'm never gonna remember the character's name it's because it's priyanka chopra right and her wedding dress is very very 10 out of 10 very nice i did a sort of like huh at the wedding dress because <laughs> i like wedding dresses a lot and i did have to pause it and just sort of like oh, look gosh. at it for a minute got two more little annoying nitpicky things sure she says at some point near oh i think it's actually when she goes she gets in the car with blake for the first time uh-huh and he's like let's drop you off somewhere and they it cuts to the next scene when they're arriving she goes oh hey that that took like 18 seconds like wow how how do we get here so fast and i was like look i know that you're critiquing like rom-coms and the sort of cheesy never gonna happen in real life nature of them but that can happen in any film don't go from don't cross that line from like taking the piss out of rom-coms to okay so you're now taking the piss out of the nature of film editing right the whole point silly is Unless you're going to follow what happens inside the car, mm. like you cut from a car leaving one place to arriving in the next place, it's not needed, if that's what you yeah. choose to do, don't be like, oh, so that that took like a really short amount of time. Like, no, you're in a film that's yeah, being edited. Duh. Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And my last thing. Any way to try and flex some cleverness? Wait, but that that's the fails. thing. That's just the thing. Is that it, it, it's supposed to be sort of like a clever remark, and it's like no, no. It's just seen as overly cynical. It doesn't play with the tone at all, and like it's out of place in the mm. point that you're trying to make. Fuck off. It, yeah, the whole film kind of just feels like cynical people who think they're being clever than they actually are. Yeah. 
because they are underestimating the genre. That's the thing. They're trying to take everything bad and cheesy about the genre. They're not really taking much that's good about it. Yeah. And I, I just don't understand. That's the thing. Is that. That the they end, just if, think they're better than it. Yeah. It feels like. Yeah. If she'd maybe there'd been some more references incorporated, things that were really good about rom coms. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she sort of realizes at the end that there are some bits that are really valid and that make people feel a certain you know positivity yeah that would have been great nothing nothing about that whatsoever Hmm. so my last nitpick is when she's giving the presentation (gasps) to blake okay (laughs) oh my god i wonder if we have the same funny okay okay uh she's giving the presentation about the building of his new hotel yes and she gives like this shit analogy (laughs) (laughs) it's the same as yours isn't it (laughs) I would like to first focus on the parking garage. The parking garage. They're dark, they're closed off. Nobody ever really notices them. What if we opened them up, made them bright and airy, and there were glass walls everywhere? And then suddenly, something that was invisible, something nobody ever cared about or looked twice at, suddenly they're not invisible anymore. People actually look at them and see beauty. I was literally, I was laughing aloud at that bit, actually. Because I was like, this is not in a good so way. dumb. Yeah. Like, it was so, so laughable. Carry on. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, I really, I love the fact we've got the same thing. So, she's pitching her architectural designs for his new hotel. Yeah. And she says, you know, so why don't we start off with the car parks? Sure, okay. Where's she going with this? And she's like, you know, they're... <laughs> it's so forced they're, they're like oh. that's the thing is that it was so forced and like so, shoehorned in oh like oh my god what, it's so funny i was out loud going like whoa shut up what the fuck are you talking yeah. about so okay she says let's start with the car parks because you know they're they're in the dark and and they're they're not noticed that like they're sort of invisible and people I don't spend enough time there. And I was like, to a car you're talking park. about yourself as a car park. Okay. And we all know it. And it's weird. <laughs> so strange. And she's like, but what, what if we open them up? And I was like, the car park isn't opening up emotionally. Right. This is fucking strange. And she's like, let's, let's put glass walls yes! everywhere. Yes. I was like, but it's cars. They'll crash. That's what I thought. Oh, this is a good idea. Honestly, so okay. that's exactly why I had. Oh my god! So I'm, I'm just like, what? <laughs> she says, "Let's let's put glass walls everywhere." And I was For like, a "Parking garage, like car, like <laughs> the whole reason that car parks are like you know multi-story grey bricks and they're dark and dingy and they're down the bottom of shopping centres and like." you know they look pretty shit when you're in them is because like cars are driving around them all day the exhaust fumes and stuff make the walls discolored cars crash in car parks yeah they scuff the walls shit gets everywhere drunk people coming back vomiting in car parks it's like basically a giant bin where you keep your car for like the day uh-huh. you could make it a, a fancier bin you could probably put some windows or something there in are there, fancy sure. car parks but they've got to be functional yes. if you put fucking glass walls everywhere as soon as a car like scuffs it you get another car coming through and sort of bumping it shatters the wall oh, God. you'd have to have like sort of 
foot thick glass walls and even then they'd be scuffed and damaged and they'd be so dirty all the time can you imagine the cleaning no window cleaner would take on that job i just thought this is the most ridiculous thing and so when she was like so what do you think and liam hemsworth is like you know debating as to what he's gonna say i thought he was gonna be like that's a really shit idea right like we'll we'll take your plan on but glass walls in a car park are you fucking joking me Ah. and so i thought that was gonna be like a sort of comedic beat he was like that's not a bad idea at all how are none of the characters in the film aware like some of the cast must have read that script and been like i don't know i don't know how that got through so many script revisions because that was my first thought when i watched it i was like this is fucking ludicrous so maybe it's a thing of like this film isn't actually dumbing stuff down it's that the writers aren't that sharp so this is just how they think. <laughs> I just don't understand. If I was her saying those words as an actress, I, I well, I mean, she's being paid a lot, so I probably wouldn't say anything. She's the exec producer on it too. She is not. She is too. <laughs> <laughs> she had a role. I don't feel bad for shitting on her now because she's, oh my God. I am so baffled by the glass walls thing yeah. that took me i can't i can't it really took me to a place i was laughing for like a solid minute like yeah. nearly and i genuinely thought that he was gonna say that's a shit idea like that's a shit idea but the idea of opening it up yeah yeah sure, yeah, let's see yeah. What we can do yeah i genuinely didn't think he was gonna be like yeah that's that's really you've really got something there also the idea of her comparing herself to a car park i'm like that does not show someone who is now confident no i don't even think that natalie at the start of the film would have compared herself to a car park no so actually it feels like she's decreased in confidence yeah but now she just has more bravado yeah that's that is that's a good word actually because the way that she behaves after she comes out of the dream it's like bravado it's sort of like this yeah strange egotistical like show that she's putting right? on and when she finishes the presentation for liam hemsworth she like drops the plans and she's like right so i've nailed that and i'm out peace that's not professional yeah <laughs> again it's so what i said um towards the start of the podcast of like oh sometimes when people are insecure they'll act like overly arrogant and stuff to yeah. compensate that's what it feels like she was doing at the end of the film that yeah. doesn't still feel like genuine confidence yes whereas the, the start of the film even though it felt like confidence in progress perhaps yeah. it still felt like that was existing yeah and if you walked out of a meeting go yeah i nailed it peace You'd be fired. So bad. Look, so considering the film dumbs so much down. Yeah. I learnt a new word. Oh my God. Begal. Oh no, I knew it. <laughs> what do you mean? I think that's really good. For a film that I didn't think I'd get anything from. Beguiling. Don't you feel like that's a good thing? That we learnt that? No, because I knew the word already. <laughs> okay, but for people who didn't, do we think that's... No, because I don't like the word. No, I didn't like it. Oh. I'm just determined not to like anything about this right. film now. Well, look, there's it was some shit. educational purpose to it now. Yeah, great. They say that throughout. And I don't know why, because it seems like they were trying to hint like, oh, uh, the romantic lead will say the same word or phrase over and over and over mm. again, which I don't feel like I've seen too much in rom-coms. No. And she even tries to make a point of like, why do you keep on using that word? Have you just learned it or something? Yeah. And I'm like... I don't I know think, what point they were trying to make. I think the whole the whole through line of that was played for the bit at the end when she's left the meeting and he goes, What's beguiling? Yeah. Like what what does that mean? It's like, oh right, Great. okay, so he didn't know what it means in like the real version of the world. Ha ha. 
So yeah, we didn't enjoy it. <laughs> Look, I don't regret watching it. I don't think I'd want to watch it again. And I definitely not. The thing is, like, even when she's going into the office scene and she makes a presentation and stuff like that, there's still like 13 minutes left of the film. And obviously, some of that's credits. But I'm like, what more do you have to say? And considering it took like 29 minutes for the plot to kick in, mm. the plot that we all already knew about because you you pitched the gimmick as the the thing to see about the film. Yeah, it's probably so only it's like, an hour. Yeah, of like story quote unquote the the film was already so short so the fact that there's like about 40 minutes or so that i think is very unnecessary yeah it's just like yeah it's just very very poor poorly done i think that's a good place to wrap up yeah thank you for listening thank you so much for the support on the podcast so far oh it's been very cute and not surprising, but definitely um, humbling, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. It's just been really encouraging. You changed your Twitter handle. I have, yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous. Because you took the piss. And your Insta. Well, it was a pissable title. Yeah, because it was my old MSN name and my old YouTube name. So no. I thought I might as well change it. My Twitter and Instagram handle is at Francesca Lou, L U, with an underscore um, at the end of that. Yeah. And my Twitter is Hannah Kath T. K A T H T. And it's, it's, it's still not great, dude. Look, my name is basic as shit. Sure. But why are you trying to make it quirky? What? With that end of it. Hannah, why don't you just put like Hannah Kath? Because it was taken. My name is basic. I feel like we could have done more. I don't care. Is, is your um, middle name. Kathleen or Catherine? Catherine. That's my Instagram name, so you should know that. I just wanted to double check. My Instagram name is Hannah Catherine Thomas. You could have been Hannah Rini. That's awful. Of oh, Rin. My, oh no, that's awful. Do you think anyone has like the nickname Rini if their name's Catherine? But I don't like that nickname. Hannah Rini. I think I we've talked enough about Hannah this. Hannah Rini is quite cool. No, don't like it. Oh, it's Hannah Rini. No, it isn't. It's a Hanorama. No. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. We'd love to hear your thoughts. I'd definitely be interested. Any good points of the film that you feel like we've missed? Yes. Let us know what you enjoyed about it because that would be interesting, I think. And you'll hear from us again very soon. Subscribe, review. Subscribe, review. Follow the podcast on Spotify. Yeah. And everywhere. Goodbye.